Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Saturdays with Sean. Today, I want to talk about um, going beyond others and do it anyway. And that really doesn't sound like a good topic, you may say, because most of the time it's just like cut and dry, maybe a couple words, but believe me, just stick around. It has a point to it. So I'm going to, this is a true story, by the way. Um, There will be no names because we don't want to incriminate the guilty or expose the innocent. But this is definitely 100% a true story that happened in 2020. So here is what happened. Um, I want to encourage you all that as you make your plans, as you um, start speaking to people about realizing your dreams, you will come across some bumps in the roads. But my sisters, my brothers, I want you to keep on driving. Just like when you are driving in your car and there's potholes and there's speed bumps, there are things there that obstacles that could be coming your way. Um, sometimes they're insurmountable obstacles. And if so, that just means you need to make a turn to the left or the right. Sometimes you might have to make a U-turn, but don't stop. Do not stop. As I said, this is a true story. So here is what truly happened. As I was studying to earn my second master's degree, um, I came across a class that was very difficult. Now, I am a very good student. Um, I had an opportunity to be a Rhodes Scholar at one point, um, but um, things happened that didn't actually occur. However, just knowing that I met the standards and qualifications that that sometimes that does good. Even when you look back and see where some things, some opportunities cost. And if you don't have that, it does matter your economic background and your stance for certain things. So as I was saying, back to uh, the subject at hand, let's not go down a rabbit trail. Um, I I enlisted the help of someone um, when I couldn't get the help I needed from my school um, for a tutor. Um, So this tutor was pretty good in this subject. Um, And I say pretty good because there were some areas that were not excellent. Like for me, I am a rule follower and I like to follow instructions and directions. And my tutor just was very cocky in what he knew and he didn't read the um, instructions and follow the rules, which, um, you know, it, it cost me a little bit when it came to the final projects. Uh, I got A's in all my classes except for that one, but I passed and I did learn it. I did learn statistics. But during this time, we had conversations about other things. And this particular person had a different, um, they have a different background. Um, they're of a different ethnic background as well as professional background and also um, was a male and I'm a female so everything every experience and every outlook from my way from how I live and my um, objectivities and opportunities is different from him now if you say that 
there is not a difference between men and women. You are absolutely telling the truth because right here in 2020, women are still fighting for equal pay and equal opportunity in the workforce. So the truth is the truth. Um, so here we go. So what happened is that as we were talking and we we're talking about our aspiration and dreams and, and goals that we're shooting for, this guy um, offers to build me a website. He says, you know what you need? You need a website. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I had not thought about it before. I'm just going to be honest. I had not thought about, you know, getting a website and how it will be beneficial. And this is the reason why sometimes it's very it's good to speak to people outside of your circle, to have conversations with people who are not like you, who do not have the same background as you and the same experiences as you because they have a broader and a different um, thought process, experience and mentality than you do. And with that, it introduces to you other ways and other vehicles by way you can get realize your dreams and um, reach your goals. So as I said, I hadn't thought about this, but as he continued to um, sell this pitch uh, <laughs> or his idea, I said, oh, that made sense. But because I'm the type of person I am, I was taking notes. I didn't just listen to what he said, but I wrote it down because I need to process and I need to see it. You know, write the vision, make it plain. Once you see something on paper, it's different from just thinking about it and it just being a thought. So it wasn't just one time or two times that this guy was telling me about this website he could build. He gave me intricate details on what he could do and why and how it would work. And I didn't know him. I had never met him in person. And we only had one other um, conversation and it was about something totally different. It had nothing to do with anything that will benefit my life. I'll put it to you that way. Um, so I questioned him, like, are you sure? Like, is this something that you would really do? He says, oh, yeah. I, oh, I could do this for you. Like, I would love to do it. You know, I think it'll be great uh, because he saw where he could benefit from um, what I had to offer as well. And him building this website for me would be great advertising for him. Okay, so let's push forward. Well, um, it, as time went on, um, he kind of disappeared. And so I started, but the seed was planted. So I began to do research to find out what I needed to do and how we can put this into action. And from there, there were other people that I know who are entrepreneurs and who are business owners that agreed, yes, get this website. This is a good idea. Yeah, you definitely need to, you know, have a social media presence. And because the world right now is in a pandemic and it's shut down, this is the way to go. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, but I was still at a standstill because I believed what this person told me. Um, that they were going to do, they were a man of their word and they were going to do what they said they were going to do because after all, I didn't ask for this service. It was offered to me. It was promised to me. It was pitched to me. It was laid out to me. And all I had to do was accept it. So I thought, <laughs> keep listening because the plot thickens. 
as I said, the person, he disappeared. Um, later on, a couple of months later, um, I have, there was a friend of mine that we, we met in undergrad. Um, I actually went to undergrad in London, UK. And her job was shutting down, but she had an opportunity to relocate in other locations for her job. And I had become a mentor to her. And um, she always called me her spiritual mom. And I was always very uh, protective and whatever she needed, I was there for her, um, sacrifice and all. We'll talk about that one on another episode because that's not necessarily a good thing. There's some pluses and minuses to that. Uh, You have to proceed with caution when you decide to become a mentor. And I, boy, did I learn a life lesson. So I I had made a promise to her. um, Hey, I would always be there. I'll protect you. She always called me her ride or die. So the tutor was actually her very good friend. Um, her best friend and and I later found out how much of her friend how much she values him <laughs> stay tuned for that so she was going there where he lives in Texas and this would have been our opportunity hey you know and we to build oh I never got this website maybe he'll do it now um it, you know, he always said there will be a great collaboration that we need to get together because we all have strengths and weaknesses and where one person is strong or where one person is weak, the other one is strong. So let's build. Hey, that's a good idea. You know, get yourself a team, get a squad and then build together because no person can um, build and be successful on their own. So, all right, I'm okay. So by graduation time, though, <clears throat> I'm I graduated, sorry, in September. Um, I ended up losing my job before I graduated and before my birthday. Um, that's another story for another podcast. Stay tuned. We'll talk about that in the future. So she uh, I said, you know, I, I thought about it. What do I have to lose? Um, but let me tell you, I did not weigh all of the pros and cons because I am not a risk taker, but I am definitely a planner. I am a planner as far as I plan my day and I like to work towards a goal. So I like to check off my accomplices and accomplishments, checks and balances, projects that I've completed and projects that need to be completed. Um, That's just how I'm wired. And I... Again, like I said, I'm not a risk taker, but I had a conversation with another friend and that was uh, a weak spot for me. Like you need to take risk. I remember saying, Sean, you need to take more risk because, and I, I, I looked at the documentary about Steve Jobs and, you know, he took some risk and some didn't pan out, but it ultimately they did. Uh, it worked out for him because we have now, you know, Apple, which is all about Um, a concept, an idea that came from Steve Jobs. It wasn't his first one and it wasn't his last one, but it was a very successful one. And even though he's no longer here with us, his contribution, his idea, his concept, it still lives on and benefits society. So I said, yeah, you're right. I do need to take some risks. Um, I I need to, to 
to do that. I, I need to take some risks. So I uh, agreed to travel with her um, and uh, go to Texas. Day one, I'll try to try to make the story a little bit quicker. Day one was good. I was greeted with, uh, you know, I had questions before I say I left. I had questions because, you know, I never met this person. They only helped me. He only helped me with this one subject. He only tutored me. So is this going to be an awkward situation? Am I really welcome? Is it really okay for me to come? She assured me that, yes, it'll be no idea. Plus, if you, it, it will be great. Plus, um, if it was just the two of them, it may be a little bit awkward. Okay, then. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't more, it was more supportive than uh, selfish. Um, but still, that would have been a benefit of us all. Because, of course, if I have no income coming in, oh, I'm I'm definitely taking a risk. This is an an investment but not just that but we're in a pandemic ladies and gentlemen traveling is definitely not recommended <laughs> on a plane and staying in a hotel is not a good idea in a pandemic it's just not so I did order me a hazmat suit let me tell you this so I was the one walking around in Atlanta airport with a hazmat suit on a face mask and a shield yes that was me um, and I'm glad that I did because shame on American Airlines and Spirit Airlines. Shame on you all for packing people like sardines in uh, October, November during 2020's coronavirus pandemic. Shame on you. But I was protected. Anywho, on with the story. So I get there the first day and I was greeted with greeted as if I was welcome. I was greeted with hugs. We had good conversation. I was included in on the conversation. They were not doing a two people conversation. Even when we went to eat, I I never presume, so I'm always ready to pay for myself. <clears throat> he treated, he said, No, you guys travel, so I'll pay for you. The both of us, of course, I question. Yes, the both of you. No problem. It wasn't like it was a gourmet meal. It was hamburgers. So the second day, still good times. We are taking pictures and I'm included in. But let me tell you where it kind of took a turn. I said something that turned out to be, um, it, it was, I won't say it was prophetic, but I'll say I saw something that turned into a reality. In the car, there was a picture, and I. she told me to lean in because this, my friend is, you know, this uh, young lady loves, loves herself. She loves taking pictures. She loves selfies. She loves staying in the mirror. She just loves herself. And um, I. she told me to lean in, and in the picture, when I, after she took it, what I saw visibly was that it looked as if it was the two of them and I was a bystander or I was photobombing them. It looked like I was trying to get in where I didn't really fit in. Um, so that's what it looked like to my eyes. I didn't know that what I saw was going to be how I felt at that time. But that's exactly what happened. The next day, she had to go to her job, and they and they were trying to figure out well, where should I go. I said, just leave me here at the hotel because I am okay with um, entertaining and spending time with myself. 
I am absolutely 100% okay with that. So that's how the day started. But it later on afterwards, they came to get me. But physically, they picked me up. But emotionally, conversationally, they left me out. They had two people conversations because they had started their day that way. And they forgot that I was even there. They didn't engage me at all. And then it got worse um, during even eating. And after that, they had a meeting. I was there, but they went in a different part of one room and left me by myself for over an hour. Here I am in a city that I don't know where I am. And I have no way of getting around. And I was alone. I could have did that in my own house, in my own city with my own car. Or you could have just left me at the hotel by myself if you was gonna, if you were gonna emotionally and conversationally leave me alone, you could have physically left me alone. And I would have accepted that that would have been better. So this is what happened, but before that happened. The day before, the two of them ganged up on me, telling me about what I didn't do and what I needed to do. And while they were doing it, they were no longer, all of the help and support that they offered and promised before, well, they decided that they were no longer willing or wanting to do those things. Yes, they had already already taken from me, they've already withdrawn from me what they needed to move forward. And to do what they needed to do, but they were no longer willing to um, reciprocate as they had promised or offered. Hmm. Interesting, right? So that was what preceded the day before. So at this time, the whole trip took a turn for the worse. Now, as I said, I had all... I had weighed the pros and cons and thought, what do I have to lose? I didn't actually calculate or think that I could lose a friend. I didn't think about that at the time. I thought about other things and I didn't even think about I could have lost my life because I was traveling in a pandemic. So I did not weigh all of the pros and I did not weigh all of the cons please make sure that you do that before you take a risk because some things in life you can never go back and change some things that you lose you can never get it back again some things that happen have consequences that can never be overcome forgotten or changed That is what happened. But I will tell you this. As heartbreaking as it was because of that. And it didn't change the next day. The next day I was still by myself. So I'm in another city with two people who have completely, who have started to completely ignore me. You know how you, have you ever been around someone and you know that they were talking about you when you weren't around? And so they start acting funny towards you. Because obviously they have shared or talked about something that was negative or, or made them look at you differently. You know how you get that feeling? 
without it being confirmed like you the behavior confirms it for you even if they don't it's the elephant in the room yeah that's how it was you feel unwelcome you feel devalued and unappreciated yeah that's how that happened you just want to click your heels and be home so that's pretty much what happened and from there I realized and I just started thinking about the whole thing about what happened here I am you guys are in a different economic bracket you're working I have no income but I have invested and will not have a return and I started thinking about how I put my life in danger. For what? I started thinking about what am I doing here? I've in, traveled in the coronavirus to be mistreated, devalued, and unappreciated and disrespected. And I realized that the person I thought was my friend for 15 years, obviously, I am not as important to her as she is to me. And that happens, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes you have to just put things in perspective and you have to just see that you have to be careful what place you put people in because just because you put them in a place doesn't mean that they're going to put you in that same place. And as Maya Angelou says, when people show you who they are, believe them. So you don't just stop there. You believe them and then you act accordingly. So I, at that moment, I remember when on the last day when we went to the airport, like it was still silent that whole day. And I hugged her and I said goodbye because I knew then that I can no longer continue I, I I realized that I lost my friend so I basically lost my friend in Texas because you show me who you are and what I am to you and for that guy we didn't have a relationship anyway so yeah it not really a loss and no you didn't promise no you did uh you promised yes you did promise me something and and yes you did renege on it but you know, that happens all the time. People make promises with their mouth and they get out of it what they need and then they move on. So, but what I will say though is that as heartbreaking as that was, um, the truth that we know is what sets us free. Once you know the truth about a situation, you can make an intelligent decision. You can make a real game plan on how to move forward and how to bounce back and what you need to do. As long as you're walking in a perspective or thinking something is real when it isn't, that's uh, as long as you do that, then you won't progress and you're not walking in truth. You're not walking um, in a positive direction. So once I accepted the truth, because to be honest with you, there were signs and alarms along the way for many years but it was uh, situations and I would overlook them because when you love somebody well 
I'll say when I love someone, I love unconditionally. So even if you hurt my feelings, I don't stop loving you or caring about you. Even if you're not there for me, I don't stop loving you or caring about you. But there were a lot of signs. For example, she had no idea I had a master's degree and I actually have two. But that's because after 15 years, our conversations were really um, one-sided. So our relationship really was one-sided. Um, I had surgery. She had no idea. How do you talk to somebody about your life and they help you through your problems and you don't know anything about them? But for me, because I was in a role of a mentor, it was not for me to share my struggles. I do that with my mentor. Um, but when you call somebody a friend, there has to be a reciprocation of care. And I got that at minimum, but I gave it abundantly. Hear that again. I got a reciprocation of care at minimum, but I gave it abundantly and maximally and at a maximum level and unconditionally. But I didn't receive it back the way I gave it. Sometimes you don't, but I had to reprioritize and understand where I stood so that I won't expect too much. But don't sell yourself short either, ladies and gentlemen. Don't expect or don't accept too little. When you give more, I think you should be able to expect more because I I was able to look at other people around me and see how they gave more. So... I changed the order. And and let me tell you something. I did have some apologies to make to some people who have given more. And I think it was because I hadn't known them as long. But that happens. Sometimes you've known somebody for a long time, but they change and you change. So your relationship has to change. So I no longer call this person my sister because... A sister would not allow an outsider or another person, I shouldn't say outsider, to mistreat you. And they wouldn't go along with that. Well, not my family, because I never did it. I always defended her with anybody, family included, family, friends. I never mistreated her or allowed people to mistreat her in my presence. And the fact that she allowed, not only allowed it to happen, but was a part of hurting my feelings or making me feel bad, making me feel unwanted and devalued and disrespected was heartbreaking. But I'm undergoing healing and I have to just mourn the death of that relationship and understand that it was in a divine plan, bigger and greater than what I know. So it did motivate me though to find other people to help me build this website and it's going to happen it's a work in progress right now but I thank him for that idea and it's okay that we don't have a relationship I probably will never see this person ever again in life it's all right I only met you one time and it was bittersweet it was okay at first thank you for the idea that was sweet It was bitter because I thought more of you, but 
people disappoint every day. And what we need to do is be resilient and keep going. And that's something that I have a lot of experience in being resilient. So let me encourage you that if you find yourself in a situation where there's broken promises, find another way, find another path, another avenue, and find someone else who is ethical, a man, a woman of their word, and stick with them. And you be a man and woman of your word too, because your decisions, the promises that you make to other people do affect them, whether they verbalize it or not. And things that you, the way you make somebody feel is something that is not forgotten. You can say some things and mean something, some things people won't remember those things, but they will definitely remember how you made them feel. Be careful what energy you put out into this universe because you never know that person that you wronged on your way going up may be the same person that you need on your way going down or while you're trying to maintain what you have. (sighs) Stay encouraged, my sisters and brothers, because if you have a goal, what God has for you, it is for you. And when God is for you, nothing and no one can stand in your way and nothing will stop you. And be careful about building your team, but do understand that some parts of your team will come and some will go. But at the end, whatever's left standing was meant to be there. And whatever left was meant to leave. Thank you for spending your Saturday with Sean. Be blessed and be a blessing. Thank you for listening. Bye. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Saturdays with Sean. Today we're going to talk about something that we all know about. Money and power. Yes, there have been many, there's many ways to describe the um, reality of having money and having power. We have television shows and books and movies with the haves and have-nots, meaning the people that have money and have power, and the people who have not power or money. It's true since the beginning of time that money allows and affords um, things that you don't you're not privy to that you can't have access to if you don't have it the legal system is set up that it's not about the truth it's not really about justice it's not the truth will set you free i wish that was the case but what it's about is how much money do you have and if you have enough money 
you can do whatever you want. When people say it's not about the money, it's normally people who have the money. You will never hear, I don't think you will ever hear someone who has no money say that money doesn't matter or a person who is homeless. I don't think you will hear them say that big houses don't matter. People that have the ability to travel the world, I don't think that you'll ever hear someone who cannot travel the world say that it doesn't matter. Usually the people who say it doesn't matter are the ones who have it and have had it for a long time. Because if you were once in a situation where you did not have the money and you did not have the abilities and capabilities, and then you are now finding yourself in a different economic status where you do have money, you do have more abilities, and you do have more access, you still remember, unless you acquire those things at a very, very young age. And so why is that the case? Well, money talks. Um, We see that as a prime example with um, those celebrities who paid for their children's Education. They paid their way into these Ivy League schools. Now, we know that's not the first time that's happened. This has been going on from the beginning of time. Prime example is <laughs> uh, the president's uh, number 45 um, was not a very good student, not a very bright student. Um, but how did he get into college? had to be money even though he didn't finish did he but the ability to throw money at situations people listen um and our justice system our judicial system they say that it's justice for all but really it is not if you cannot afford if you're not in a specific social economic bracket, the justice system is pretty much deaf to whatever you say. Because we have seen it has come to light that not only is it about the best attorney that your money can buy, but some people can buy the judges as well. And I personally know that some attorneys Um, can be bought so you can retain an attorney think that they're on your side but if the other side says hey we'll give you this amount of money to not do your best work and that attorney is about the money and the income and the revenue not about the cause they will definitely go with the money and then you will find your case sabotaged, even if you have all the evidence. When I say I know from experience, I still have the paperwork. I still have the receipts. And then there are corporates. There are organizations that allow people who are in a certain um Um, I guess you will say that they have a certain amount of power because of their position. And it's well known by so many that 
they're corrupt or they're doing wrong things, illegal things, bad things, but they're allowed to continue and get away with it because of their status, be it economically or community-wise. And the organizations that are put in place to make sure that there's a standard upheld, they don't do it if they get the money, if they get the payoff and the payout. How do we change this? Why is money so much more important than ethics and ethical boundaries and moral boundaries? Did you all hear the conversation between Monique and Steve Harvey? where Monique was trying to explain to Steve Harvey that her moral values were more important than money. And Steve Harvey got loud and a bit belligerent and said, no, that's not what it's about. He actually said, we black out here, quote. That's a quote, a direct quote from Steve Harvey. We black out here. What does that mean? Well, If you look at his behavior and how he conducts himself, you would, you would understand. And and I'm speaking from inside and outside because I've actually had an opportunity to be at a taping of one of his shows. And I was extremely disappointed until that point. I was a fan and a follower and a supporter. At that moment, I no longer am a fan, a follower, or a supporter because I do not support his economic or not his moral and ethical stance. I can't. He basically said that because he's black, there's certain things that he can and cannot do. He can't be his real self. He explained that. He cannot be who he really is um, and sustain the level of success that he has obtained. So there were things that he had to alter, change, and pretend, because he's an actor, um, in order to reach higher levels, to get more money. And the more money gave him more power and more access. His wife, his ex-wife, one of his ex-wives, Mary Harvey, um, she did speak about with Essie Mary how he paid off some judges and attorneys and I do believe that his fame and his money had a lot to do with how he gained custody of his son Winston. This is just the truth and reality of how the United States judicial system works. It does not work for the people who are mistreated, they're wrong. It, it, it doesn't work for what it was set up to do. Um, I think when we go back and read what it's about when it says justice for all, we want to believe that you're also innocent into proven guilty. But unfortunately, depending on how much money you have, how much power you have, that may or may not be true. We had an opportunity to see how there were many things that came to light that Donald Trump did that were illegal and immoral and unethical, but because of his status and because of his money, he was able to get away with it. Um, 
Robert Kelly is currently in jail for the things he's been doing for decades. But his money and his celebrity status kept him out of jail because this was all known knowledge. These things lots of people knew about. And so is the case with some of these organized crimes. Organized crimes are these organized organizations that have criminal activity. But because they generate so much revenue and because they have um, so much money, so much wealth um, in the world, they, they're able to get away with this. We have corporate bullies. Um, we have people who most, let me tell you about these HR. That's gonna be another topic about don't trust human resource. The human resource department is not for the employees. They are for the employer. And even if it is found um, and you can prove without a shadow of a doubt that someone in the management um, area did some things that were against the policy and against the law, the human resource department have the financial source to defend that and make you go away the complainer or the victim, not the person who's doing the wrong. Once again, I have documentation and paperwork that can prove that. These hospitals in Georgia, Georgia is the biggest offender of human rights there is. And people are conditioned to be silent, to say nothing and do nothing because if they don't have um, the wealth to do it, that's it. I actually had an attorney tell me that because I was a black woman and these people had um, more, they were more financially established, that she knew that I was telling the truth because I was not the first, the second, or the, even the 13th victim. But she said to me, even though you are a very credible witness and we know that you're telling the truth and we found your evidence and testimony to be 100% accurate and true, um, you're not going to win. And we are going to have to, you know, eat the cost. Well, basically, I did, not them. Because we can't fight for you. They were afraid to fight for them because they were afraid to fight up against this entity that had more money and more power, even though they were wrong. So basically what's happening is that we're, society is feeding the evil, feeding the wrongdoers, feeding the machines. It's just like what happened with George Floyd. People were filming this man die, but no one was willing to intervene. If one person, just one person would have stepped up, even if they would have gotten arrested, even if they were afraid that they would get arrested or tased or whatever, the man, the police officer had his his hands, both hands in this pocket. If someone would have just rushed to his aid, he would not have died. But people are conditioned to do nothing because no one is going to fight for them. Gone are the days where there were the Martin Luther Kings and the Malcolm X. No one has been born after they were assassinated that have that amount of courage. Now people are driven by finances. People are driven by celebrity status. People are driven by 
um, uh, economic wealth. You know, here's the question. When they put Lori, you know, when they put these women um, in jail or they didn't even, they put them in jail for a couple of weeks for the crime of um, paying off these colleges. Then they had them pay a fine. Didn't they know that the money didn't matter? Because that's what they use to commit the crime in the first place. So telling them that they have to pay a fine, it doesn't matter the amount of money. They had it. That's not a punishment to them because they use their money to pay for and pay off whatever they want. So that did nothing for them or to them. That wasn't even a slap on the wrist. Do you think that that's a deterrent from them using their wealth to get what they want in the future? Absolutely not, because they feel privileged and entitled, and the world and society oppose that. The judge did nothing. Now, here it is on another community, in another um, area, a lady that was a black woman who used uh, another address to get her child in a better school. That woman is serving a sentence of several years. She wasn't given the option of a fine, not that she would have been able to pay it, but her, her sentence wasn't a couple of weeks like theirs was. She just simply wanted her child to go to a safer school and use a different address. These people paid for a whole new um, transcript and they lied on it. So what message is that sending to our young and to our impressionable that money is power that's the message that it sends when people say they get an education and that will take you far really it's get more money and it'll take you where you want to go so compassion moral ethics standards um, that is faded, not fading. It has faded because where does that get you? Um, I remember a doctor telling me that no good deed goes unpunished. Basically what he's saying is that you do something good, there's going to be a negative consequence for it. And that has shown itself to be true. Why is that? Why is that? Well, because money is power. How can we change it? I don't know. Because it seems like there's more people who have bought into it that go along with it than those that aren't. The only people that will want to change it are probably the have-nots. The haves, I'm pretty sure, will not be with it. John Lewis said, get into good trouble. What is good trouble, John Lewis? You know, he went through a lot of things, but he did earn a status where even if he got into some trouble, it wasn't going to be bad. So that's how it was good trouble. But there are other people who suffer. We suffer for standing up for what's right. We suffer for being ethical. We suffer for speaking up, for following a chain of command. We suffer for following the rules. Why make the rules? if the wealthy are going to be able to break them and make their own rules? Hmm. Questions. You have some answers. Feel free to share them because as we continue on, I have no problems with providing and showing the receipts because I keep documentations. 
And I'm going to tell some names of some companies and organizations that are unethical standards. Let me tell you, you're going to be surprised that there's some medical um, people in medical um, in, in the medical industry. They are the most unethical and moral people that you will ever meet or find. These huge um, hospitals that sh- that are well known that should be um, following a moral uh, mission and vision, the corporate office is not following those. Atlanta is terribly, terribly corrupt. Terribly. But they have the money. They have the power. I guess it's worth it. But will it be worth it in the end? Hmm. Interesting. Thanks for joining Saturdays with Sean. We can keep the conversation going or change to another topic. Whatever you do, be blessed to be a blessing. We'll talk to you next time on Saturdays with Sean. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Saturdays with Sean. On this episode, we are talking about being a man or woman of your word. So what does that mean to you? What does it mean to you um, to be a man or woman of your word? And this is not a rhetorical question. I do want to. look forward to and expect you to respond. For me, I think being a man and woman of your word means that your word is bond. If you say so, do so. You know, say what you mean and mean what you say. And saying what you mean does not mean that you have to say it in a mean way. You don't have to say, you could tell somebody no or give them bad news without making it sound ugly or disrespectful. What I am having an increasing problem with is people having integrity. Um, I am the type of person that I don't make things difficult for you. When I meet you, um, you start out with an A. So as I used to tell my students, this is the way I see people. You have my trust and I trust you until you give me a reason not to trust you. And once you give me a reason not to trust you, then it becomes clear to me that you're not trustworthy, then all bets are off. And I will say this, once you lose my trust, I doubt if you ever get it back. It's just one of those things that you never have the ability to recover from. Because... It takes so much for you to lose it. You have so many chances and you have so many times and you're forgiven so many times that once it's gone, it's gone forever, like a favor. And recovery, chances of recovery are none to none, (laughs) not slim to none. And what I see happen is a lot of times, there's a lot of politicians out there 
And what I mean by that is that politicians are really good at showing a good face and making promises to get where they want to be and get what they want. And once they get into office or get into that position, they soon forget about all the promises they made to all the people that helped them get to where they are. And they just go on about their life and their business with no sense of accountability and no ethical or moral, um, you know, wherewithal or foundation. They don't really care. They got what they want and that's all that matters. So I've noticed that people are conditioned to have no ethical or moral values. Why is that? I don't know if it's where I'm from or how I was raised or if it was just inherently deposited in me, but that's just the way that I am. If I make a promise, then my goal is to keep that promise. And I feel like Seely from the color purple, nothing but death can keep me from it. (laughs) Um, Unless it just changes. And I think one of my biggest issues, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people offer me something and then they go back on their offer or they don't make good on it. Because here's how I look at it. If I made a request from you and you don't have the ability or the capacity to meet that need, that's one thing. But if you solicit or I won't say, maybe I shouldn't say solicit, but if you make an offer to me, a proposal, and you say that you could do something, I didn't solicit you, I didn't make a request from you, I didn't ask you, you came to me. If you come to me with an offer and I agree to accept it, and then you backtrack and back out and say you can't do it, then that is grounds for (laughs) losing trust forever. I will never trust you again. And what will happen is if there's ever a situation or an opportunity where I can be of help or service to you, even if I have the ability and the capacity, um, I may just sit on it. Because why would I want to be of service to you when you've done nothing? but be a liability to me. Because what happens is when, when you make a promise to someone, they believe you. If they accept it, they believe you. And really, um, there is a such thing as a verbal agreement. So once you make a verbal agreement with someone, then they really expect you to make good on it. You know? Same way you do. And, and I'm pretty sure, I know for a fact that the people who do these things, they have they have made deals or people have made them promises and they depend on it or they, you know, make plans or arrangements around those things. So when someone makes me a promise or they, um, you know, they present an idea or a service or something to me and then they don't make good on it, um, I will never look at you the same again. I don't care if it's 100 years later. Sorry you did that and I don't know if there's a way to make good on it but that's just the way it is because if something changes there is a way to communicate that better than just not doing it so you know that's just one of those things I think that happens to me 
um, that has happened to me before. And so what I do is I try to vet those people out. Most of the time when people ask me or they say they could do something, I usually ask them more than once. I usually make them reiterate what it is they say that they can do. And I always say, are you sure? Because I am like that woman in the Bible, don't play with me. Don't tell me you're gonna do something and you can't because I am that person. If I say I'm gonna do something, I'm absolutely gonna do it. And so I don't have um, room for people in my life who don't. I don't have room in my life for people who just make idle promises and they just don't come through or they don't keep it. I just, I don't because I have to keep moving forward. And those type of people slow me down and stop me in their destruction. And you have to go all the way around. And so I'm that person that, you know, a lot of times when you see people who seem like they try to do everything themselves, it's not because we want to. It's that we have had a track record or a background where people let us down. People depend on me and they can count on me. And I have a hard time finding people I can depend on and I can count on. That's very sad to say, but it is. I think that it. I think that it's going to work itself out because I've planted a lot of seeds, and I've made sure um, that I am that you know say what I mean, mean what I say. Person, as far as making promises, I'm getting better with saying no. That's difficult, but I'm getting better. It's getting easier. You know, when you experience a lot of disappointments, oh, it gets easier to weed out. This is not. These people are not on my team. This is not my tribe. So I can say no to you because this we're going to keep moving. This train, this freight train is not going to stop. No pit stops. So um, I just thought that I would, um, you know, that that's a good topic to talk about because, and then sometimes people wonder, you know, why am I here? Why didn't this happen? Well, you out there making them promises and you, you know, trying to get ahead by any means necessary and you're not stopping to think what it is you're doing you're planting these seeds and you're not fulfilling them and that doesn't look good on your character so as you move up or you move forward um, there's gonna come a time where you have to look back or you look to your left or your right and you're gonna regret that you are not a man or a woman of your word. I just firmly believe that. I know some people go through life and they do some devil men and evil stuff and it seems like they get away with it for a long time. But I believe the same way that if you keep sowing those good seeds that your blessings are adding up, that they're stacking up and that they're growing, I believe that their um, demise is stacking up, is growing. And when there's time for an indictment, just like if you go, in the, go to court, you know, if the police or the feds are looking at someone, they let the charges add up. So when they go before the courts, when they go for indictment, that they can ask for maximum time. And I think that's what's going to happen to these people. I, in fact, I believe it. So just know that karma is coming for you. <laughs> and you there's a harvest for all those seeds that you planted. So for me, I, will, I am definitely a supporter. I'm definitely a cheerleader. But if you are that person that has no integrity and you don't have any ethics and you don't have any... Um, you don't care about being a man or woman of your word, please don't find yourself um, in this area. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to be, it won't work out. Um, and I do have discernment, so I'm very careful. I always have a plan B, but I definitely have to say that's one um, at the top of my list of things that I don't respect about um, human beings. I don't. 
and I don't think there's an excuse for it. So if you have that used car salesman mentality or that politician-like attitude, um, I'm not good with you. And I'm sorry that I haven't really, I can't say, I've met many politicians and worked with a few. And um, man, I don't know if I even, other than the Obamas, like I can't even say that I have a growing um, respect for them. And I've had some really um, close relationships with some people. And it's really sad to say that I can't say that I look up to them or I admire them and the way they handle things because a little person um, could have a big um, concern. And if you said that you would listen and you say you care and you say you'll make a difference or make a change, that's what you should do. Or just don't say it at all. It's not that difficult. You don't mean it, don't say it. That's all for now. That's it. That's all. Go out and get your blessings. But don't forget to share blessings and be a blessing. But get your blessing first and you give, you share out of your overflow. Thank you for listening. I love you for tuning in to Saturdays with Sean. And I'll talk to you the next time. And you know what? Check out my website and we can see each other. We can Zoom or have a live. Every now and then I do do that. I do go live and believe it or not, I'm on a TikTok. So I would love, love, love to see you. I would love to meet you. And I am not that person. Remember, I'm a woman of my word. So if I see you out there in them streets, you tell me you listen to Saturdays with Sean or you're going to get some love. You're going to get some love, baby. Talk to you later. Have a great day. Hello, hello, and good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to Saturdays with Shine. So here's the topic for today. There was a mother who sent a letter in to Riddick recently, and she talked about how she does not like physical um, affection. She said she does not like to hug. She does not like to kiss. She said she's always been that way, and she feels very uncomfortable and awkward. So the thing about it is, is that, um, so I don't know if that's common or uncommon. Um, I guess there are people like that, obviously, because this woman wrote the letter. But the problem um, that came into play or the question is that her son, who is now 10 years old, he came to her and asked her why she does not give him any um, affection. It was, it's affecting him in a negative way. The mother did confess that she is affectionate with her partner. And she says she only feels that she should give affection and cuddle up and kiss people that she has a sexual relationship with. So with that, I think that is something that is psychological. It's it's the way she thinks about it because she says she did not like to receive affection or give affection to her parents either so what do you think about this ladies and gentlemen I do know of someone um, actually is a a minister who says that she does not um, give hugs to people and it's kind of weird because she has um, 
a sibling, a twin sibling who is affectionate. Um, so I just thought it was a little bit different. But um, and, and of course, when you're in a ministry, people af- expect affection and it just looks a little bit different because you are if you're in leadership in any capacity, people usually watch you and you should lead by example. But what do you think about a parent not giving their child affection? Do you think that that is starving them of what they need physically or and emotionally? Because it's not just physical, but it's also emotion. Because what our parents give to us, it is foundational. So if you are starving for something in your family life or in your household as you're growing up, chances are as you get older, you'll try to fulfill that hole or that void. And that's sometimes how we find um, children can become prey because there are people who uh, manipulate them and they will groom them so that they can't take advantage of them or molest them. So if the parent gives the child what they need. For example, a lot of times we'll hear where these young ladies have low self-esteem and they allow themselves to be uh, mistreated, used and abused by men. And they say, they use the term daddy issues. And they'll say, because your father did not give you that affirmation, you're looking for those love in all the wrong places. And it does, those things do have their place. And they do have some um, some some fact-based information connected with it. So let's get this conversation popping because I think it's a good discussion. What do you think? Thanks for listening to Saturdays with Sean. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Saturdays with Sean. Today we're going to talk about gifts. Have you ever heard somebody, or no, it's not that you heard somebody, but you ever heard the scripture or seen it in part that says your gift will make room for you? I'm sure you have, and I'm sure you've heard people say it too. That's only part of the scripture, because here's the thing. A lot of people like to talk about your gifts making room for you, um, but they don't talk about how. Because, yes, you can have a gift and it'll make people look at you, um, great people in great places um, that can give you a great opportunity. But what type of attitude or what type of character comes with that gift? That can be the deciding factor of the size of the room. Because if you have a bad attitude, if you are disloyal, if you are unkind, if you have a bad temper, if you're all unreliable, uh, if you're unethical, then those things could really be a hindrance to the growth of your platform or the room that you are um, that that you have to to get into, or that you are promoted to be or permitted to be in. So. Take that into consideration. Even though you have a gift, you still need to behave in a way that is professional. You still need to conduct yourself morally and ethically. And you still need to get healing for those things that are hurt or harmful in your character. 
So don't just try to rely on your gift that you can have any and every opportunity you want and you could just behave any way you feel and you could be nasty because work gets around after a while. And we've seen that happen before where people who were very gifted and very talented, but they found themselves not as successful as they should have been, you know, maybe a one hit wonder. Or maybe they were at the top of the game, an A-list, um, well-sought-after actors, but or actor or actress, but then are no longer. Or a very smart businessman that found themselves um, where people didn't really want to work with them. I will say, though, that money and power makes people think that they could do what they want, say what they want, and behave any way they want. Prime example, that Donald Trump. That attitude that he had, that behavior... That was something that was permitted on reality TV because it gave good ratings. But that's definitely not something that is respectable or respected when running a government or running a country. That is very despicable and it is embarrassing to say the least. So be mindful of your character. Be mindful of what your gift is packaged in. Be very mindful of that because just because you have a gift doesn't mean you get to be in a big room. Yeah, you might be in a room, all right, but it may be an itty-bitty little bitty room that never grows. Thanks for tuning in on Saturdays with Sean. We can talk about it. We can learn about it. We can have fun with it, too. Have a great day. Don't forget to be a blessing, to be blessed and be a blessing. Hi, hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Saturdays with Sean. So today we're talking about positioning. And what specifically are we talking about positioning? We're talking about positions of people who have access to you. They could be friends, they could be associates, they could be co-workers, church members, neighbors, family members, um, uh, longtime friends, um, classmates, whoever. Um, so here is what we are talking about, where we're going with this, or I guess you could say our subject matter. So there, people have a different access to you depending on your relationship with them or depending on their status with you. And sometimes we may have to change that. Some people, we give them all access, just like if they were, you know, they get the VIP pass, if you will. The VIP pass is you can call me anytime, any place, anywhere that you need me. And I got your back. I'm ride or die. I'm down with you. Whatever you need. And if I got it, you got it. And if I don't have it, I'll find a way to get it for you. Then there's the people that, you know, you have to get your mind right. You have to get ready to talk to them. You have to make sure that you have the capacity to listen to whatever they have to say or to deal with whatever they bring to you. So these people, they don't have all access because you have to be ready. Then there are the ones that contact you and they only talk about themselves and what they have going on. They, have, they don't know anything about you or your life, nor are they concerned. These are the people who are the takers. They are the ones that take from you. They are the ones that 
um, glean from you. They grow from you, but they don't necessarily feed you or give you anything. In fact, they don't. Now, for a period of time, these particular people could help you to become a better person because you want to be that example for them. But once that's done and there continues to be no reciprocity because this relationship can grow. It can grow from a mentorship to a friendship. But sometimes after you mentor a person, then that's the end of the relationship and you must let it go because then it'll start to drain you, which ultimately will lead to your de demise in some way, shape, form or fashion. And it could be mentally, it could be emotionally, it could be spiritually, um, but you, you'll have to sever ties. Then there are the people that you just, you know, perhaps it's your coworkers. You just see them at work. You are cordial. You care about them until you clock out. <laughs> Don't. These are the ones that you do not allow them or access to you outside of those work hours. But during those work hours, hey, your office door is open. Then sometimes those relationships can grow. That's happened to me a couple of times where my work relationships grew into a, a true friendship. And then you have family members that, you know, because of their conversation and the way that they handle you um, or behave around you, um, you can only handle them on special occasions, holidays. And then there's some that you know, believe it or not, there are people that only when they lose someone at a funeral that they see them and they speak and keep going. They may not even send them a Christmas card or birthday card or a Christmas wish or text or a birthday wish or text. And they don't know what's going on in your life and you don't know what's going on in their life. Doesn't mean you don't care about them. Doesn't mean you don't love them. But that's just as far as your access go. These things are not wrong because ultimately you have to take care of you. So how do you make those decisions? It is based upon, people say feelings change, that's true. So you can change your decision. If today or this week or this month or this year, you feel fine talking to this person is not mentally or emotionally draining, and you don't feel like um, you're losing something, then that's okay. But that can change because maybe they change, maybe you change, maybe the season has changed. And it's okay to renegotiate your access. Um, you can revoke access and you can grant access. It's up to you. It's, we have to stop giving other people the power um, to make decisions for us. If you feel like a relationship is no longer serving you a positive purpose, you have the authority, you have the power, you can end it or you can change it. And if they do not want to negotiate these new terms of agreements, you can let it go. And trust me when I tell you, it'll be just fine. There's been times when people have, you know, sometimes people can, um, they can be promoted or they can be demoted. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, they may bow out gracefully. They may call you names. They may, it may be a, a terrible breakdown or breakup, but it's okay. You will survive because the number one thing is to make sure that you're happy, healthy, and whole. And anything that's blocking that and causes you trauma or causes you heartache or causes you pain, it is your responsibility to guard and protect yourself, your heart, your feelings, your growth. And you do that by any means necessary. Sometimes you can 
distance yourself from people um, when they do not comply with their request. And it'll sometimes it'll drive it home when you let them know this is not up for negotiation. I will sacrifice and surrender this relationship before I um, allow myself to be a martyr. So let's do what you have to do to protect yourself. You are your number one ally. Remember that. You are your number one ally. It's up to you to have your back. You are responsible for you. Have you ever seen that movie, um, Roscoe Jenkins? That movie, in that movie, uh, Martin Lawrence talks about the team of me. Rely on yourself. Believe in yourself. Trust in yourself. Take care of yourself. And that's exactly what we need to do. Because in this life, you come in it by yourself and you go out of it by yourself. Take care of yourself first. Put the oxygen mask on your own self. And then you can help save someone else. Only when you have what you need. So if you don't have everything that you need, you may not have enough to give to someone else. And if you're operating on a deficit, you are not operating um, in the positive and you are not making progress. You can be stagnant. You can become stuck. You can be blocked. You can be drained and you can ultimately fail. So let's set ourselves up for success and um, be careful who you allow to have all access. Thank you so much for listening. I love you and be blessed, but receive your blessings first. So be blessed and then be a blessing. Thanks for listening to Saturdays with Shine. And we'll talk again when on next Saturday. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Saturdays with Sean. Today we're going to talk about disappointments. Um, so there are things that happen in our life that are stumbling blocks and some things that are roadblocks and there's some things that just hold us back and then there's even more um, extreme things that just completely stop us and it arrests our development, which means that it stops us from develop- developing. We are, we, we remain stagnant and we're still in those moments. Have you ever been in a situation where someone made a promise to you and they just didn't keep it? You depended on them, you waited for them, you believed in them, and they just did not do it without any explanation or reasoning. They just didn't show up. Well, these things can cause you um, some trauma. It can cause you to have trust issues. It can cause you to feel abandoned. Um, People don't understand that there are some people out there who take the word of someone else or the promise. They take it seriously. And it could be traumatic to experience Um, this type of disappointment but we need to move on from that we cannot allow ourselves to be stagnant or stand still um, and not rise above that disappointment so 
what we're going to do, we're not going to just talk about it. Um, I'm going to introduce some ways that there is a, a method called let it go. I know it sounds easier said than done, but it's, it's not. Um, there is a process and there's steps that you can take that will help you to let it go. And not just let it go in your mind, but let it go physically, emotionally, and psychologically. And I know there's more things than just disappointment that we need to let go. Because here's what happens. When you are blocked, it's just like, imagine if you are constipated, you're unable to eliminate the waste. People disappointing you is waste. And it needs to be eliminated in order for you to feel healthy and to feel well mentally and emotionally. And that's the same way, the the way eliminating works for your body. Because you take out what you need. Your body extracts from your food and your whatever you drink, it takes out what you need. If you need sugar, vitamins, it takes that out. And the part that you don't need, it eliminates. And that's what we want to do. We want to take the positive, take what we need, take what's feeding us and grow from that and develop from that. And we want to eliminate those things that will try to stop us or harm us or hold us back. So let's work on that. Um, I have created a, um, a meditation with those type, with instructions to help us do that. So, you know, just hit me down there. I'll put the, that information, the link um, connected with this podcast. So um, let's work on it. Let's get unblocked and let's move on. And don't you be that person that breaks your promise. Don't you be that person that disappoints. Don't you be that person that breaks the trust or breaks a a covenant. It happens, but I'm here to help you heal. I have done my work. I am doing my work. And I'm here to support you and help you to do your work too. Thank you for listening. Saturdays with Sean. And uh, be blessed and be a blessing. And we'll talk about some things soon. We're going to learn some more things and have some more fun. Have a great day. Hello, hello, hello. And thank you for joining in another segment of Saturdays with Sean. So my topic for today is about education. Um, I just heard where um, there's a new initiative that's going to take place where inmates, uh, people who were accused of crimes and they stood trial and they are now serving time in prison for those crimes that were committed, um, they are now, they will now be eligible to receive bachelor degrees in um, business and uh, psychology and in criminal justice. And here's the thing, they will receive these bachelor degrees from a university free of a charge meaning no student loan, no Sally Mae, they don't have to worry about this, they get it free. My question is this, 
While this is all well and good, what about those of us who had to pay for our college degrees? I personally have so much student loan that Sally Mae and I are going to be in a long-term relationship. <laughs> um, I, I feel cheated because I have done my best to be the best person I can. I'm a law-abiding, a law-abiding citizen. Um, I don't even have so much as a driving ticket. And these people committed crimes and they were sentenced to do time in jail and they get to get a free degree, a free education. How is that fair? How does that make sense? Because there's so many people in minority communities who cannot afford to go to college. They cannot afford to obtain a college degree. And from what is said that a college degree is what helps us with um, getting better opportunities. Now, that's just part of it because let's just be honest. It's who you know and who you are because black people don't are not afforded the same amount or the same type of um, opportunities as Caucasian people. It's true because I, for example, I know, and then men, men and women, women don't have the same amount of opportunities offered to them as men. And it does depend on who you know, because I worked for an organization where um, this guy had he said he had a, he had a GED and he went into the military and he did not continue education in the military. However, he was my supervisor and I had not one but two master's degrees. So there's a problem there. And then there's another person that I know that have. Well, let's just get to, you know, we could talk about the president of the United States. I mean, there Donald Trump um he won the presidency and there's no record of him completing his degree. He does. He definitely doesn't have a master's degree. He, we don't know if he has a bachelor's degree because the records did not show it, but he was able to obtain the position um, as the president of the United States. I have two master's degrees and I have yet to secure a a, a great financial worthy or a great wage position. Um, I can honestly tell you that I have had maybe one or two jobs that I liked, but there was something about it that wasn't right. I was grossly underpaid. Um, I loved working with the third graders, but the organization I worked for, because it was underneath the umbrella of a church, um, I was literally with a master's degree, they paid me like $11 an hour and I had to purchase my own supplies and I was required to give their pastor donations. And when I was hurt, when I was injured on that job and lost my vision, um, they did, they were not required to pay any workman's compensation or, and they didn't pay me my salary, which I had a contract for a salary and I had already worked over those hours. We know that teachers don't just work 
eight hours. I worked Saturdays and Sundays. I was up at 10 o'clock at night putting grades in. And, and they could see that in the system because you could see me responding to emails to parents nine o'clock at night, but they still refused to do the right thing. They didn't even send me a, a goodwill soon card. And I was injured there. And to this day, I'm still having complications from it. But back to this, the, um, that was, that was a little rant there, but back to the, the problem at hand, how is it possible that these people commit crimes and then they have, um, and then they receive opportunities that other, that, that as law-abiding citizens do not, um, they are afforded an opportunity that we don't. If you're going to do this, that's all well and good, but you all need to forgive the loan that the people, those law-abiding citizens, you need to forgive our loans then. If you're going to give them free bachelor's degrees, then what about the rest of us? You know, there are countries where people can obtain their college degrees um, the same way they obtain their high school and elementary. They don't have to pay for it. That's fine. Do that in America. I just don't think it's fair that a criminal or someone who has committed a crime should get a free college degree when I have to pay for it. When when Sally Mae owns my kidney, basically, because I still have to pay for it. It's very, very expensive. It's very expensive. And we are not all, all afforded those opportunities. I know plenty of people who are very intelligent that would have liked to go into college, but they did not have the means to go and they could not obtain those student loans. So they couldn't go. But now we have people who are in the jail cells and the judicial system is allowing them to have a free um, education. I'm just not a fan of that. I don't think that's I don't think that's the way that should be. I even I, I have a friend that it's not her fault, but because she's Caucasian, we work at um, Children's Health Care of Atlanta together and Again, I had a medical assistant certificate and um, had been in the medical field for a couple of years. And she um, had a high school um, diploma, but because she was Caucasian, she made um, like $20 an hour and I was making eleven eighty-eight. True story, no lie. True story. It was like 2007, but that was the truth. Um, she made more money than me, but we had the same position and the same responsibilities. The only difference is that I was never late. Um, she could come in to work late. She could take over an hour lunch. She could text on her phone while she's on the job, breaking rules. I didn't do that. Um, I was very careful to be on my P's and Q's, yet I was targeted by, you know, a previous supervisor who happened to be black that was on the ego trip. But yeah, I still was paid less money and I didn't have any medical insurance and she did. I mean, tell me that it's not true. You can't because I can prove that it's true. It happens. Well, let's get the discussion popping. What do you think about that? What do you think about, you know, did you have to take out student loans to get your bachelor's degree? And how do you feel about criminals or people who are serving time? Yeah, I guess you can call them criminals because they've been found guilty. How do you feel about them receiving a free degree when you have to pay student loans or you had to pay student loans. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Thanks for tuning in on Saturdays with Sean. 
let's get the discussion going your questions and and let's just talk about it as always be blessed and be a blessing have a great day Hello and welcome to Saturdays with Sean. Today we're talking about selfish, selfishness, and self-centered. They're not the same thing. They're three different things, although self is the root word. So it does say that you're focused on yourself, but I want to allow me to just introduce to you or submit to you, if you will, that being selfish has its rightful place. Oh, it's true. How do I know? Because I have lived majority of my life, my adult life, and I believe in my younger years as well, because there had to have been a foundation set. And where I was selfless, I always put other people ahead of me, in front of me, before me. So it meant that other people got their needs met from me and through me. Meanwhile, I myself was in need. Now, that sounds noble, but in essence, I was doing a great disservice to myself because my number one obligation, my number one priority my number one person that I should have been loyal to, that I should always be loyal to, who would always be with me, is me. So while that sounds noble, sweet, uh, honoring and spiritual and Christian-like and Jesus-like and all of that, I found myself without because I was not giving from a place of full, but I would give out of my necessity and my own need. So it meant that I was not full yet, but I was helping to fill other people. Now, isn't that something? When we give, we are supposed to be generous, but we should give out of the overflow. Overflow means that I am full to the capacity of which I carry because we all have a different capacity. So I'm filled to the rim. Nothing else can fit in. Now there are things spilling over out of my cup, out of my vessel, out of my tank. And that is what I should freely give. Not the part that is pouring inside of me when I am still not full. So when there is a shift in that thinking and that mentality, it makes it better for all because now I'm full, I'm healthy, and I have everything I need. I am better able and capable of sharing and giving to others without feeling unfulfilled, empty, and unhappy. Could it be that your feelings of unhappiness and disappointment is because you have not been selfish enough? That you have been so selfless that you have become a martyr. You are killing yourself. 
let's stop doing that. Take care of yourself first. Put the oxygen mask on yourself first. And once you can breathe clearly on your own, then you can take the oxygen mask off of yourself and give it and share it with someone else. If you still can't breathe, keep your oxygen mask on. Be selfish. Center your care around yourself first and foremost. Yes, it is about you. I know you've heard it's not about you, but self-care, self-awareness, self-fulfillment is all about you first and no one else. I hope this is helpful to you. Thank you so much for listening and spending your Saturday with Sean. I love you for listening and we'll talk again real soon. How about next Saturday? I'll be here. Will you? And thanks for listening. Thanks for joining Saturdays with Sean. <laughs> Got a little tongue tie there. So today we're talking about communication. Um, and there are different ways. There are different um, subjects. And it's, it's a huge umbrella that we can unpack. But to be more specific, um, I had someone to um, put a comment on my social media or Facebook page that ignored me when I was in front of them. Um, it's kind of funny, but it's not really funny. It's, it's perplexing, to be honest with you. Um, I find it really odd that when someone has an opportunity to talk to you in person and communicate with you in person, they choose not to, but then they want to post something on your Facebook page. I think that's weird. Um, we're not really friends there. We're on social media. And have you ever had a situation where you text someone or you call them and leave a message and then they message you back? Like they send a response via messenger? I think that is so strange. That is also very perplexing to me because why not respond back in the same way that the person reached out to you so if I called you why not call me back if I text you why not text me back so I just find it very odd because maybe it's because I'm not on messenger um, very often and I'm not on social media so I find it really weird when people respond to me on those platforms when that's not the way that I reached out to you in the first place and if you have other methods or other ways to contact me I think that's the best way um, to do it um, I think that's just a way of indirectly pretending to have a relationship you actually don't but what I did is kind of funny because a person like put a thumbs up on my page and was like that's true and I at first I ignored them I wasn't going to respond and I was like yeah I will so because I'm no longer considering people's feelings over my own um, so if you want to pretend then that's 
that's not what we're gonna do here on this page. So I just responded to them, you have no idea. Cause I just recently went to this person's home and traveled in the pandemic where it was unsafe, risking my life. And they were very rude and inconsiderate and disrespectful to me. So I did not want to continue a relationship with them. As far as I'm concerned, our relationship is over. Like we don't have one. So contacting me on Facebook or leaving a message on Facebook page, just don't do it. Ignore it the same way you did when I was in front of your face. That's how I feel about it. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Do you think that's right? Is that wrong? Is it harsh? Is it mean? I don't know. But... I will say this. I'm willing to hear what you have to say, but I don't know if I'm going to change my stance only because I've been so polite for so long. And all that has left me with was hurt feelings or broken heart or, you know, feelings of betrayal. And I just don't think that people deserve to get more um, than they give. You know, I, I don't think that that's an option for me to be a martyr so that someone else can feel good about themselves anymore. I have to value myself even if if they don't, even if no one else does. So um, that's where it is, you know? It's just like when somebody says, I don't mean to get in your business. That I think that when they say that, then it's up to you to stop and say, then don't. Because <laughs> if you don't mean to do something, then don't do it. Um, and that's that. I. I, I'm learning. I'm learning to take care of self, protect self, guard self. And in and, and the words of um, my um, wellness coach, she tells, she tells me I need to learn how to be a savage and focus. So I'm learning, y'all. It's a learning. It's, it's a work in progress because I don't think that savagery was um, downloaded into my program. But um, I'm uploading it and we're trying to work it work out all the kinks and bugs out so that I'm good at it but um don't be alarmed because um the me that you'll get is contingent upon the me that you provoke or you know the you that you are I'll just be honest with you it's a different part of me but I'm very patient and kind um but I'm I'm not willing to be devalued and just be disrespected so um, in the words of um, a great woman, she says, reclaim your pearls. And that's about, you know, you had them, you gave them up, or you allowed someone to take it from you. But it's never too late to go back and get your pearls, get your worth, get your um, your value, get your, um, you know, just, just get it back. And so I'm going to do that. Anyhow, thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you soon. I'll be happy and ready and willing and excited to hear your comments um and we will talk about it we'll discuss it again on saturdays with shine don't forget to be blessed and be a blessing i love you for listening bye